Welcome to another session with the Market Dominance Guys, a program exploring all the high-stakes speed bumps and off-ramps of driving to the top of your market with our host, Chris Beal from Connect and Sell and Corey Frank from Branch 49. In our brave new AI augmented world, navigating tech integration while retaining that human trust factor remains a tricky balancing act. So who better to provide expert guidance than our own sage of sales, Chris Beal? Today, our very own ChatGPT steps in as co-host for Corey Frank to pepper Chris across the AI sales trust landscape. Should we unleash these bots to comb leads? How do we mitigate client skepticism? Does transparency enhance trust? Chris distills hard-earned wisdom on these questions and more you'll gain critical insights for smoothly integrating AI without severing those all-important human connections. Chris even gazes into the future, weighing engaging versus alienating roles for our robot friends. Chris offers actionable advice so we can deploy AI judiciously while cementing bonds of respect and rapport. Time to bridge that tech touch gap in this episode, balancing relationships and efficiency in AI sales. Hey everybody, this is Chris Beal, CEO of Connect and Sell. And today I am not joined by Corey Frank, my co-host. Corey runs the awesome company Branch 49. In addition to many other things, finishing school for future CEOs by providing folks who want to be great professionals in the world of business with the opportunity to learn how to talk to strangers by cold calling them. So I asked ChatGPT today to come up with 10 questions to play the role of Corey and uh, kind of interview me. Now, poor ChatGPT doesn't get to listen to the answers. I could probably have it do that, but I'm not going to do that. But I I asked it to uh, give us an opportunity to talk about a topic that is near and dear to me which is the relationship between trust and efficiency in B2B sales in the era of ChatGPT. And there's a lot of speculation out there as to where all this is going. I've been fairly immersed in AI for a long time, since 1992, in fact, and uh, certainly am delighted that we have the ability to kind of get to the next level with ChatGPT and uh, all the GPT-4 stuff. And uh, it does lots and lots of neat things. Uh, many people speculate on what it might be able to do in sales, you know, replace salespeople and so forth. I thought I'd explore just this one question, which is how about trust and efficiency. Are they actually at opposite ends of the spectrum? That is, if we ramp up efficiency too far in B2B sales, do we ramp down trust or is there, is there a case to be made for trust and efficiency actually working together in B2B sales? Now, just to remind, my view of B2B sales is pretty simple. We need to establish ourselves with somebody else, another human being, as an expert in a matter that's important to them and as on their side. If we can do that, we become what's called a trusted advisor. And a trusted advisor has a lot of freedom to get good information, quality information from another party so that they can bring their own expertise to bear and guide the process of coming up with a potential solution to a business problem that can result in a commercial transaction between the seller's business they work for and the buyer's business, the one they work for. 
So trust is super important, uh, but efficiency is important too, because there's a question of, well, who are we gonna sell to? There's a lot of folks out there we could talk to. Most of them will not be ready to buy in the near term, even if they fundamentally need our offering. And most of them probably don't need our offering if we're at all specialized. I happen to work for a company called Connect and Sell that provides something that lots of B2B companies need, but not all of them need it to the same degree. And so we have an efficiency problem just like everybody else. How do you efficiently go through the market and find the folks that are worth exploring with further? This is why the end of every sales interaction or the outcome of every sales interaction is the same. It answers the question, should we mutually decide to go down the road further together? So I asked ChatGPT to play host, uh, Corey. It is uh, standing in for you right now. And here's its first question. Chris, could you start by giving us a brief overview of how ChatGPT and similar AI technologies are currently being integrated into B2B sales processes? Well, one place we know they're being integrated into B2B sales processes is in conversational intelligence. Almost every conversational intelligence technology now and uh, in technologies like the one I'm using here, Zoom video, I've got the ability to summarize conversations using a GPT model. What does that really give us in B2B sales? Well, one thing it gives us is time compression. If I'm a manager and I'm trying to understand how are all the deals going, I can talk to my reps and have one-on-ones. I can have one-on-manys where we do some pipeline review or deal review. All of those things are available, but if I could take a, every 30 minute conversation and have it compressed down to me into 10 relevant points that I can rely on, I can actually learn what's going well and also where it might be worth bringing some other resources to bear, whether they're technical resources, whether it's a senior executive, whether it's some brainstorming, other resources might be worth bringing in at a certain point. And these technologies are awfully good at this. So they're helping us uh, be managers who participate more in the sales process without interfering in it. And it's really an efficiency play. Now, the efficiency comes from taking a 15, 20, 30 minute conversation, maybe longer, compressing it down to 10 relevant points that can be read in about one to two minutes. So that's, I'll call it 30 to one compression of time. And that means as a manager, if I had time for say 10% of all the conversations that are happening to come into my brain, so to speak, I now have time for 100% and it only takes 30% of my day. So it's, it's quite an amazing uh, breakthrough. And how does it speak to trust? Well, it's kind of interesting. We need to trust that GPT compressor that took the information from a 30 minute conversation and the transcription engine that gave that information to the GPT engine for analysis, we need to trust that it's kind of getting the whole thing. That is, we wouldn't want to find out, oh, it gave me kind of a vanilla compression or a vanilla list and there's a disaster going on in there and I didn't notice it. Because once we rely on something like a piece of technology to help us out, it can often introduce blind spots. This happens quite literally when you're driving, you know, old fashioned car mirrors, you have a blind spot right next to you, but you're relying on the mirror to tell you who's right next to you. 
and you can make certain kinds of errors more frequently. So that's a place anyway where these technologies are being used in a very efficient way. They're also being used to write, I'll call it better emails. And I don't mean these automated emails that are being sent out effectively as, as spam, let's just face it, uh, to many, many folks, but really just writing better than most reps. Let's face it, most sales reps did not grow up as readers and writers. Some did, but most are better talkers and listeners. And so having an assistant, a co-pilot as they're called, to actually draft an email for you, to do it in a professional way, and to do it in what it thinks is your voice, it's dynamite. It saves a lot of time for the rep, but that's not mostly the time. The rep can maybe get to the point of trusting that technology to frankly write better than the rep does. It's certainly more efficient. So let's let's go on to the second question. So ChatGPT uh, or Corey yeah, in, in stand-in mode here is asking me, in your experience, how has the incorporation of AI like ChatGPT affected the level of trust between sales professionals and their B2B clients? I would say not at all in the case where trust is actually being established, but I think it has kind of fooled a lot of sales professionals into thinking that they can generate trust in a mechanical way by having some AI write lots and lots of very clever emails, very wonderful emails, and just send them out to folks. And somehow that will generate trust level relationships. I don't believe it. Uh, I still believe that there are those seven seconds that we have in an ambush call or a cold call to get trust. And that has to do with how people work on the inside. So if I read something that may have been generated by a bot, and I know that's true of everything that comes my way at this point, it affects the level of trust immediately because I think, well, why would I trust a vendor's bot? I know what its job is. Oddly enough, I will actually be more inclined to trust a salesperson that I know is a person. But how do I know that that's a person? Well, I can't know it through a bunch of text that's on the screen and email. I need to actually be speaking with that person and they need to be acting like themselves, so to speak. So even if they were replaced with the bot, it'd have to be a really, really good bot. It's not enough to fool me into thinking it's a person. It has to enable me to comfortably say, yes, this is this person. And by the way, get me to the point where I believe they're an expert and they're on my side. So how about efficiency improvements? This is question number three that ChatGPT came up with playing the role of Corey Frank. Can you provide specific examples of how AI tools have made B2B sales processes more efficient? Coaching, no difficulty coming up with an example or two. I've already given one of them. I think there are more to come. I believe we'll actually get to the point where AI tools will help us look for how a whole team is doing or how a campaign is doing. Right now, it seems to be very much one at a time. Here's a conversation, analyze the conversation, take a look. What about analyzing all the conversations or a bunch of conversations that fits from some criteria? We're finding the challenges that are thematic within a team's efforts to reach out to the market. Do we really know who our message is resonating with? in ways that one of these AI models can pay attention to. These things are tremendous at finding patterns within vast amounts of detail. So that would make it more efficient to find out who to talk to, or more efficient to find out 
where our own team is challenged or those kinds of things, you know, bigger chunks, I would call it. So those are some examples by today. Most of it is conversation at a time or doing some writing and also doing some research for us. So if we are out trying to do some research before a conversation, a meeting that we're having with somebody, certainly AI can help us a lot because it reads faster than we do. It's probably already read about this person. But one thing for sure, and this is about trust, remember, GPT technologies hallucinate facts. So if you rely on facts that have come back from an interaction, a chat with a GPT technology, you probably are going to be brought up short someday. This is why lawyers have been caught recently trying to use uh, chat GPT and similar technologies to generate citations, legal citations. And they'll use them confidently. And it turns out, well, it wasn't a citation. It was a hallucination. All right. So next question from our virtual bot named Corey Frank. How do you see companies balancing the use of AI with the need for human interaction in sales? Is there a sweet spot? Well, let's work the other way around on this one. The need for human interaction in sales is absolute because of what I already said, which is we need to establish ourselves as the seller, as an expert who is on the other person's side. We can afford to be on their side. We're the expert after all. They're, they're the buyer. They're a generalist about what we are an expert on. So is there a sweet spot with the, regard to using AI? All of research is a sweet spot because the AI can lead us to understanding things about the world that would be too expensive for us to go find out. Like who should we be talking to or what's going on in this particular field? Are there some, some new developments that we should be paying attention to and so forth? So AI is great for research, great for drafting, but we have to be a little careful in final form. So proposals, sure, draft a proposal, you know, UGPT model, but mm, am I going to send it off without taking a look at it? No, it actually implies that there's going to be other human interactions kind of to check that what the AI is producing is accurate and uh, compliant, which is also a big issue. We'll be back in a moment after a quick break. Selling a big idea to a skeptical customer, investor, or partner is one of the hardest jobs in business. So when it's time to really go big, you need to use an uncommon methodology to gain attention, frame your thoughts, and employ a successful sequencing that is fresh enough to convince others that your ideas will truly change their world. From crafting just the right cold call screenplays to curating and mapping the ideal call list for your entire TAM, Branch 49's modern and innovative sales toolbox offers a guiding hand to ambitious organizations in their quest to reach market dominance. Learn more at branch49.com. And we're back. Well, how about in sales training? How can, this is question number five, how can ChatGPT and similar technologies be used in training sales teams to enhance their efficiency while maintaining trust with clients? Well, one thing you can do with the GPT model is make a simulator that plays the role of a client. And certainly, if you're working off an awful lot of client responses, which are all out there for almost every kind of product in the world, getting a simulator out of a GPT model is pretty straightforward, and chat is a very natural way to do it. Now, I will give you the, uh, the caveat on this, which is 
when it comes to establishing trust with the human voice, the human voice is a human voice, not a human keyboard. So you can simulate by going back and forth using your fingers. You can also do it using speech to text, but it's the sound of your voice that is crucial, especially in those first few seconds. It's actually always crucial. And it may well be that fairly soon, these AI models can listen to the sound of our voice and give us feedback as to how trustworthy we sound. That would be a wonderful thing. Right now, they're not quite there. They're fairly uh, easy to kind of fool into thinking that we sound wonderful. Uh, it's very subtle what human beings pick up on with regard to trust. I've often said you know, people are to trust or mistrust as wolves are to fear. They can smell it. And if you're not trustworthy, folks can, they can, so, so to speak, smell it in your voice. I know that sounds weird. I'm not talking about some synthesia either. So how about ethical considerations? What are, this question number six, what are some ethical considerations that companies should keep in mind when deploying AI in their sales process? There is one, keep this in mind. If your bot is talking to a client, it needs to say it's a bot. That's pretty simple. Transparency is always the way to get to a high level of ethics. And I have a bad feeling there's going to be a lot of folks saying, well, you know, uh, that wasn't me. That was my bot after the fact, instead of saying it up front, you got to be up front. So that's a big, big ethical consideration. Another one is if your bot or your, your AI is giving advice, expert advice, you better make sure it's actually expert advice because you take on a little bit of what I would call kind of a, a Hippocratic stance. That is first, you know, do no harm. When you advise somebody, you have to be conscious of the harm you might be potentially doing to them and uh, when they follow your advice. And so just blindly saying, hey, you know, the advice from my GPT model uh, is, is got, just go ahead and follow it without having it checked. It's not just a problem that you might not be trusted. You might be uh, committing a pretty serious ethical breach. All right, so how about question number seven? From your perspective, how do B2B clients generally perceive the use of AI in sales interactions? Does it enhance or diminish trust? It depends. If you give me something that you say was generated by your AI, by your chatbot, or by your, your GPT model, and you say, hey, I had the GPT model whip this up for you, and I took a look at it, it looks pretty good to me, let's discuss, no worries at all. In fact, it might enhance trust because you're being open and transparent about using your technology, this technology to be more efficient and to bring in maybe other points of view or to digest more data that might be useful to the client. So in that case, I think you can enhance trust. I think destroying trust is really, really easy. I think I just hit on it in the previous answer, which is, hey, ask somebody to trust a piece of automation that you're providing and don't tell them that it's automation. That one is gonna cause not an erosion of trust, but a step function down from some number, probably not quite one, if one is the highest number, but to zero. And once trust is lost, it is not something you can go and get back. So how about skepticism? This question uh, number eight, 
If there's skepticism or resistance from sales teams or clients towards AI tools like ChatGPT, how do you recommend addressing these concerns? Well, a couple of different ways. There will always be skepticism about new technology. There should be. New technology means new. It's unproven. We're not sure what it does. Really, really cool technology that makes you think something that's not actually true, like, hey, ChatGPT is a person who's talking to me. That's not actually true. Hey, ChatGPT is thinking about this. That's not actually true. It's a next, next, next engine. It knows a lot of stuff that it's read, so to speak, and it knows how to spit out the next token. Okay, think token, word, very similar concepts. And so when ChatGPT is talking to us, so to speak, it's really just going next, next, next. Now, maybe our minds work like this too and our voices work like this. I have a feeling we, we do a lot of next, next, next ourselves. It's just the way the world is. We love to think that we're really brilliant, having deep, deep thoughts and all that. Probably not. We're probably just like spitting out the next word that comes to mind. That's why we call it comes to mind. And um, so it's, it's, it's natural. Skepticism is natural. The way skepticism is overcome is through two things. One is transparency. Let's be open about things. And the other is track record. So if the track record is good, and we note that over time, some particular function, and I'll go back to those, those conversations uh, where you take a discovery meeting and the AI compresses it down to 10 points. Well, the first time I read one, I might think maybe it's missing some things. By the time I've read 100 of them, which only takes me 100 minutes that I might have spread over you know, a couple of weeks, I'm starting to go, hey, I, I think this is pretty good. I don't have any big misses yet, right? But it's, it just takes time. It's, it takes time and it takes experience. This is why the most skeptical people who are really, really smart plunge in and start experiencing what I call in anger or with a, an intent for a meaningful outcome, a new technology that is clearly as powerful as ChatGPT and all the things that are like it. So if you haven't gotten in there and put your hands on it, so to speak, and you know, made some mistakes. Try writing some prompts and seeing what happens. Don't just do the same thing over and over. Your skepticism only will go away appropriately and correctly with experience that leads to track record, because now you kind of know where the landmines are. How about um, question number nine, future trends? Looking ahead, how do you think the role of AI and B2B sales will evolve? What new developments should we expect? I think the main developments we should expect are around efficiency. We will get much, much more efficient in B2B sales when two things happen. One is we have a better idea of who to talk to, who to go out and have conversations with. That is very efficient. Secondly, we will be able to efficiently assess new people coming onto our team, assess performance of people on our team, and help them get better. There's a lot of detailed uh, information and patterns that can be detected. And uh, those can be detected in meetings or they can be detected in targeting or in messages. And we will be able to bring that stuff together much, much more efficiently so that we can generate trust more frequently. And if you think about B2B from a sales perspective, it's essentially the manufacturing and management of a portfolio of trust. So first you have to be worthy of trust. Okay, that might be the hard part. But once you're worthy of trust, are you being trusted by enough folks who might be able to take advantage in a good way of what it is that you provide? 
Probably not. I see uh, AI, this GPT type, as being able to help us sift through, make sense out of detect patterns in larger amounts of data with different data sources so that we'll just do a better job of having the right people talk to the right people often enough and generate more trust because that's how it works over time and do so efficiently. So allowing the generation of trust efficiently, I think is going to be the main role of AI for quite a while in the world of B2B. And then finally, advice for sales leaders, number 10. So Corey, here you are being played by ChatGPT who asked the final question. Finally, what advice would you give to sales leaders looking to integrate AI into their strategies without compromising on the trust and personal connection that's vital in B2B sales? Well, my advice is kind of always the same, and I know people might get a little bored with it, but it is what it is. That is, you're trying to essentially pave a market with trust. A market is a list of people that if any one of them decides to do business with you, it reduces your cost and risk of doing business with every single other person and therefore their companies in that market. Now, that is not an oversimplification, but it hides some things like the flow of people through that list. Some come on, some go off, they retire, they go to new companies, they do all sorts of things. So there's a lot that goes on. And usually your market is not defined very, I'll say, coherently. That is, markets normally are simply made up. Oh, we're going to sell to you know all industrial companies who have more than a thousand employees who uh, are located in these states or something like that. That's a kind of target market that you can think up, but it's not a true target market because it doesn't follow the rule that we were just talking about. So, okay, so I got this market out there now. What's my advice? Well, I get you had to pave the market with trust, but you have to do that both in a targeted way and a little bit of a promiscuous way. That is, you have to take the current opportunity and you have to identify it targeted, not just among those who might need what you offer, but among those who are more likely to need it. So we're going to have more application of AI to determine different levels of intent. Now we tend to determine intent from something super simple, which is, oh, they visited a website or they went to G2 Crowd or whatever it happens to be, right? Action indicates intent. Well, there's a lot of other ways that folks express intent, mostly through investment and mostly maybe about investment in people. So there's going to be a, a lot to be done with regard to paying attention to how you can identify the folks that you need to pay attention to in the market while also helping the 11 twelfths of your market that's not in market right now be more accessible and that you understand more about them and more favorably inclined to think that you are somebody they can trust to be an expert in an area they care about and that you're on their side. So just by sticking to those principles, then we are very free to use these technologies in creative ways. When we abandon those principles, we enter the danger zone and we're probably not going to do too well. So I just want to thank my virtual Corey Frank here, ChatGPT, for asking, I answered these, uh, these questions. I think they're pretty sharp questions. Did ChatGPT think them up per se? No, it responded to a prompt. Here's the prompt. 
Please play the role of Corey Frank, co-host of the podcast Market Dominance Guys. You will be interviewing Chris Beale on the topic, quote, the relationship between trust and efficiency in B2B sales in the era of ChatGPT, end quote. Please generate 10 questions for Chris to answer. So Corey may well be a next, next, next engine himself and spit out questions like this one word at a time. I think he probably goes into a little bit deeper conceptual well than ChatGPT, but ChatGPT, you did a pretty darn good job there. I really appreciate it. And until next time, for Corey Frank, this is Chris Beal, Market Dominance Guys. Connect and Sell, welcome to the end of dialing as you know it. Give your fingers a rest with Connect and Sell's patented technology. You'll load your best sales folks up with eight to 10 times more live qualified conversations every day. And when we say qualified, we're talking about really qualified, like knowing how many tears they shed while watching the end of Toy Story, kind of qualified. Learn more at connectandsell.com. Never miss an episode. Go to any of your favorite podcast venues and search for Market Dominance Guys or go to marketdominanceguys.com and subscribe. Subscribe.